people aren't going to listen if it's not good content. It's just not worth their time now. There's so much content out there. They're going to pick what is good, but the quality of the audio has to be good for them to listen. And it could be the best content in the world, but people are going to sit there and kind of scratch their ears because they don't want to listen. Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer podcast. I am joined this morning by Kaylee Melham. Kaylee, welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me again. We were just laughing that it's like breaking the fourth wall. We have um, <laughs> the person responsible for the pod now on the pod. Yeah, yeah. Very surreal. It's, it's a bit, bit mind-blowing. So, Kaylee yeah. is the uh, resident Smarter Marketer, in-house marketer. She's been the producer of the podcast since we started it. Was key in... I guess, formulating it, why we should do it, how we can do it. And then you've cajoled me, you've you know dealt with me being late <laughs> and missing deadlines and you basically helped set up the pod and edit it every, every fortnight. So you've been on the pod before, but we thought it'd be a really, really interesting topic to delve into the how and the why of setting up a podcast. I think most of our listeners yeah. are in-house marketers or marketers where you know maybe they're thinking of doing it personally to build their own brand and thought leadership or they might work for an organization where creating a podcast could be a really viable kind of play for them. So we have some stats here, which I think are really interesting. Do you want to kind of walk through the, I guess, just the why maybe at some level of starting a podcast? Yeah, definitely. So I think the big one, and this had pretty big coverage when it happened, but for the first time ever, Australia's overtaken the US in terms of the number of people that listen to podcasts. So it's gone up from 40% of people listening in 2022 to 43% in 2023. And then approximately one in every 10 Australians above the age of 12 listen to a podcast every day. It's kind which of is amazing, pretty, isn't it? Pretty insane. It's kind of become the quasi radio of, of 20 years ago, but you get to listen yeah. to whatever you want to listen to when, when you want yeah, to listen exactly. to it. The stats in that study were 59% of Australians listening to pods in cars, 51% whilst walking or jogging. 39% on the bus or public transport while working out, while working. Um, it's kind of just become yeah. this this behemoth, hasn't it, in terms of our insatiable consumption of, of podcast content. Yeah, and you learn while you do, which I think is a pretty good thing. You clean and you learn. You walk and you learn. Yeah. Multitasking That's and awesome. it's fine. That's awesome. For us, it also kind of has that intimacy where when you listen to a podcast consistently, you start to almost have this relationship with the, you know yeah. the the host or the guests and definitely on the pod, like on our pod I think that's what we've heard is that people almost feel like they kind of know us now based on yeah. kind of listening in every fortnight which is kind of cool the first starting point is kind of the why or should you actually do it I guess is probably the the bigger one yeah and I think you you really push for the for the pod and we knew that it was going to be a long-term investment not a short-term one but why were you so keen and, and what do you think that the reason businesses should try and yeah. get started. Yeah, and I, and I definitely don't think all businesses should. I think that would be my first caveat. I think you've actually got to have a really deep discussion and consideration and decide whether it is actually a good thing to do. So, yeah, I think for yeah. me, and like, who you know, the, the old, oh, you've got a podcast, have you? <laughs> Everyone's got a podcast. <laughs> for a couple of years, I mean, we've always tried to create good content as an agency. Yeah. I think for, for me... I feel that the Australian marketing community is underserved with quality content for Australia. I think like often we look to America and and the UK to find really good quality content that helps us better yeah. and smarter and, and all those types of things. So as an agency, we've always tried really hard. Like back in the day, it was actual seminars in, in the office. We've kind of created guides that I felt were actually high quality. It wasn't just, you yeah. know, basically trying to get people to 
exchange an email address for a, a good looking PDF cover that then <laughs> had no guts behind it. And yeah, so for me, follow the market and the, the stats don't lie, right? Like lots and lots of people are listening to podcasts and that, that means marketers are listening to podcasts. I wanted to do it for a few years, but I was very concerned that we wouldn't would launch it and then wouldn't have the follow through. I was worried that it'd be technically difficult to set up. We can talk about it later, but yeah, definitely I was concerned about my ability to, to host the pod and do it well. I'm not, not a journo. I'm not a someone who's experienced with that. But yeah, so for me, it was very much around wanted to do it. We're all busy. Do we have time to actually do it? But if we are going to do it, to actually commit to it, when we were talking about it, Kaylee, beforehand, it was very much, we're going to do this and we're going to give it at least a year and we're not going to judge. Yeah. we're not going to judge anything. The data's coming in, but... We're not going to write this off until we've done it for at least a year and done it yeah. at a good level. So, Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think that that's probably one of the main questions that lots of people ask, like, well, what's the point of me actually trying to do it and what am I going to get from it? And so I think one of the main things is the quality content and it's if you actually need practical takeaways, if you want to learn something, I'm going to give you everything that you need to learn. And I think the second thing is you do become a sort of authority or leading figure within that niche within that industry and people can kind of create like you said that relationship with the host or with the podcast itself yeah that's it for me it's it's just content marketing right so it's like before deciding to go off and put together white papers or to hold a conference or whatever it might be i think you've got to look at the market and who are you trying to reach with a particular piece of content what are their pain points what are they struggling with what keeps them up at night and if you can't like if you haven't got enough content that's going to be actually interesting to that market or you don't know who the market is or there's no doubt that this pod is to help get great content out there but also by association i want people to think that yeah i'm, I'm a decent marketer and that if you've yeah. got a, a challenge that you need help with that you might consider speaking to rocket so you know it obviously has a commercial element to it but i think if you come at it from a me 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 as the main driver you're going to struggle so i think it is classic content marketing right you've got a You've got to give away really valuable insights, things that make your market better and smarter and, and feel valued. And then you kind of put your brand behind it, which I think is the, yeah, for me, the, the should you actually do it type question where yeah. the world has, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of podcasts that kind of get spun up. I can't imagine how many kind of launch and, you know, by the sixth episode or the eighth episode kind of stop happening. So I think if you're, you've really got to commit to it, when we started, we were trying to do a weekly episode, which we found really hard to, not necessarily hard to record, but hard to actually create great content, which which yeah. I was really proud of the fact that we took a step back because our numbers were growing quite well. And we took a step back and said, we're actually struggling to find guests or topics, themes that we think are actually going to be really useful. So we dropped, bumped it back to fortnightly. We're now at episode, we're in the 50s now. Um, so yeah. <laughs> how, how far in are we? We're probably... Oh, I think, yeah, this is mid-50s, this episode. Yeah, 18 months in or something like that, probably. Yeah, yeah, 18 months in. Yeah, so we said we weren't going to judge it for a year. didn't matter what happened. We were going to commit to it, block the time out in our calendars, give you a certain amount of time of your, you know, weekly schedule. And I think, you know, hopefully when you listen to the rest of the pod, you'll kind of get more of an idea of what it actually takes to to get an episode live. But unless you will, I think coming to it with your eyes kind of wide open. got a friend who recently launched a pod and, it was a very narrow topic that he was creating the pod on and kind of talking about it and it made just so much sense to run it as one series. So rather than trying yeah. to run it as this kind of evergreen forever kind of podcast, he decided, no, I'm just going to create six to eight episodes 
and that, mm-hmm. that will be it. And who knows, maybe if it takes off and if there's kind of spin-offs down the line, we'll do that. But he came into it saying, I'm just going to do it in this particular way, which I think made a lot of sense for that particular topic. And I think you were talking quite a bit about, you know, we'll do it for a year and we'll see how we go and we won't kind of measure or track or see the impact until after that year. How would you recommend or how do you know that it's doing well? Like what's the measure for success and how do you know to keep going yeah. or to just stop? It's a great question. Like I think a lot of the um, big time successful hosts of podcasts, you know, the Rogans, Bill Burr, a lot of the sporting ones, you have this like almost overnight sensation, overnight success type thing. And if you actually listen to them talk about the graft and it was, you know, in those examples, maybe it was a daily podcast and it was years, like literally a year, two years, three years, four years, pumping content out there, slowly growing, slowly growing. And I think the other thing then is about what's the purpose? Like, what am I actually trying yeah. to achieve here? So for us, it was about building a podcast community where Australian marketers are wanting to listen to the content that we are creating, that they think of the pod as being a place where they can get really excellent information to help them better at their career. We wanted to bolster my personal brand and the Rocket brand along with that kind of thing to to help mm-hmm. get Rocket in front of more people, right? We, look, we did have some numbers, I think, at the very beginning. We kind of wanted certain hundreds of listens and unique listeners per month after a certain point. Yeah. And we, we were hoping that there'd be some kind of commercial discussions taking place as a result of the pod. But we were definitely willing to give it a year before we actually said, no, nah, this doesn't have legs or, yeah, we should be doing more. I think starting reverse engineering with your purpose, right? So I think if you're thinking yeah. of creating a pod because you love rugby league or if you love movies, then, you know, what, what does success look like? Like, is it a thousand downloads a month by the 12 month mark or certain number of people subscribing to something at a certain point that which doesn't get measured doesn't get done kind of thing but be expecting a massive lead time like you're not going to pump out a few pods and then suddenly you've got tens of thousands of listeners you know in month three yeah and I think I used to get pretty frustrated when I was first trying to research all I wanted to know was kind of what the average number of downloads or listens were so that I could kind of compare us against it And it was quite annoying because every article would say, it doesn't matter what other people are, like focus on your own lane, the grass is always greener. And I was like, no, give me something to compare against. Mm. What they were saying, and I I know how true it is, is that you could be having a podcast with 300 people that listen regularly, that love it, that engage with you and they're quality people. And that's a really strong relationship compared to a thousand people that listen to it, aren't really that engaged and whatnot. So it is kind of the the quality over quantity kind of thing. hundred percent. And I think that is the whole, should I do it? And if I am going to do it, who am I trying to target and what does success look like? Like, let's pretend that I'm a marketer and I'm a consultant and all I do is market, do consulting to law firms around Australia. Then if I can get 150 senior marketers or partners of law firms listening to my pod every month, mm-hmm. then that's an amazing outcome, right? And yeah. we've got guests that are just in that community and talking about the pros and the cons and the changes in the landscape. And it's so niche, but rich and great. But if you are trying to reach, you know, a big B2C segment on something that is wider, then that, that 150 people is not going to scratch the surface. So I think yeah. it is like, it's just it's just marketing, right? It's just content. What's, what's appropriate? What's right? The numbers, you want your own numbers, I think, to continually measuring them and making sure that people aren't dropping off and people are finding your content valuable. But yeah, yeah, I think the idea that um a certain number across the board, how long's a piece of string? 
exactly exactly yeah i think it'll be good now to kind of jump into you know that you want to do it where do you start like what are the stuff that you have to know and set up in order to get it running well, given that you've done absolutely everything and I, I spend about 40 minutes every fortnight <laughs> asking questions, I'm just going to defer to you. I'm going to take the lead here and do what I normally do and just ask questions. <laughs> what, yeah. I mean, where do you start? Like what's maybe the style? Like because there's different ways of doing a pod, right? What are the different options? Yeah, I think and I feel like it is helpful to kind of refer to when, when we did it for like a practical example. So we or you really knew that you wanted to call it Smarter Marketer. You had the book. So you were kind of set on the name, but I think the name is quite important if you don't have one yet your tagline or your description or your bio is really important because it's telling people like this is what you do and this is what you want them to get out of it so ours was always the definitive podcast for australian marketers that's the audience that we wanted to reach and this was the message that we definitely wanted to get across so i think focusing on those two things first is really important yeah that's great like you said going into the style obviously depends on whether you have one host or two hosts or three hosts, whether it's someone just talking and sharing information two people having a discussion about certain topics or more so doing what we are and having that hosting guest with the interview style. Plenty of people have a mix. Some people just get guests on for a quick 10 minutes or five minute interview and it's primarily two people chatting. So it definitely depends, I think, on who you have as a resource that can run the podcast itself and the type of guests that you think you can bring on to add value. Yeah, that's good. And we've definitely, like, we're still experimenting with that, right? Like, we, yeah, when I started it, I was very much, we're going to probably every second episode just interview a marketer, their, you know, their, yeah. their career trajectory, what are they up to, what's working, what's not working. And then every other episode interview like a subject matter expert on something. Yeah. And it's been quite interesting. Like we've we've actually like the, the most listened pods that we've done have us like have been in-house ones where it's been like yourself and myself chatting mm-hmm. about a topic or you interviewing me on the most asked questions or di- digital trends yeah. for the year to come. And we'll talk about the actual interviewing style. And I've definitely found that I get the most out of often guests that I know, like we'll get mm-hmm. repeat guests coming back. And I often find that, knowing them knowing how to kind of steer them in a conversation where i know they've got like rich insights i often find that we get really really good content coming out and often when interviewing someone that i haven't met or they might they might even be really high profile or higher profile i think often the content might not be received as well because a lot of the pods that i listen to particularly business ones or actually like sport and stuff as well it'll just be two people that are really familiar with each other both just going back and forth on a topic. Like I listened to one, yeah. how to run an agency called The Two Bobs and it's just two consultants in agency land and they just go back and forth on topics and often one will lead it and one will kind of play a contrarian role and I just get so much out of that. Same as my favorite sporting pod is the same. So I don't, I think there's lots of different ways of doing it. Even us having this one, it's kind of, it is more of a, a conversation. For listeners out there, we're going to probably do more of this style moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say we don't want to bring guests in on certain topics, but definitely different ways of, and there's no one right way, right, I think, of, of approaching it. Yeah, and you can mix it up. Like there's some that are very particular in terms of their structure and the type of people that they have on or the style of the interview or just the style of the podcast in general. And then there's others that are just super flexible and it allows them to kind of have a little bit of fun and play around with different styles. And a lot of that was just getting feedback, right? Like we speak to people that listen to yeah. the pod and we look at the numbers and look at which ones seem to get better traction. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the other thing about you look at 
Mr. Beast on YouTube and whatever else. Like it's all his interview on Rogan is fascinating just in terms of how to get content out online. And like as a kid, you know, teenage kid in his bedroom, he's just there obsessing over looking at what titles work and what content works and when to bring things in. And the whole thing is just this iterative and you start to get a bit of a feel as to what will yeah. work and what won't. I guess more practically, so if we talk about style, that, that makes a lot of sense. Just equipment, like what sort of equipment, how do you record it, what hosting platforms, what is a hosting platform? Maybe if we could talk about that just quickly. One of the things, and we kind of ummed and art about it for a bit, was audio versus video and one or the other or do both. I think audio is definitely a must. You want to get on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Podcasts and whatnot, but do you want to have that visual element on YouTube? But I think in terms of equipment, the quality of the discussion, obviously super important. People aren't going to listen if it's not good content. It's just not worth their time now. There's so much content out there. They're going to pick what is good. But the quality of the audio has to be good for them to listen. If it's super echoey, if you can't really hear, if it's mumbled, if there's the aircon in the back, it can be super distracting and it could be the best content in the world, but people are going to sit there and kind of scratch their ears because they don't want to listen. So there is some good stuff on the market. Obviously, higher end, you've got your road. They have you know, all of the really good audio equipment. It's what they're known for. But there are some other players. If you go on Amazon, there will be some other equipment that is decent. I would just say look at reviews. Mm. Reviews are really good at telling you whether the quality of the products are great or if they're not. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think like for us, yeah, the audio was non-negotiable. The vi- Our video is not great. Like we, we kind of do it here in the, in the home office and we haven't really got an ideal space in the office to do it. Um, so we've kind yeah. of, we've kicked that down the road a little bit. We'll probably look at how we can lift the production value of video in the future, but at this point, leaning on audio. But it, yeah, definitely we've started playing with throwing some of the episodes up onto YouTube and we, you do get yeah. really interesting reach. I don't know if, the, yeah. I don't know if the quality is, is just a gut feel type thing, but I, I do feel that the numbers on Spotify podcasts, you know, they're all locked in on Australia feels quite like we've got a really good audience there when I'm, I'm yeah. not convinced that the impressions in YouTube are necessarily Australian marketers streaming on YouTube as much as just kind of incidental views around the world. But I think the other things to keep in mind is just where you actually decide to do it is going to have a big impact. So something that I always say to guests when they're going to hop on, don't do it in a room with lots of tiles or with lots of windows because the audio is just going to, the sound's just going to bounce off all of those surfaces. Like you want to record in a room that has carpet or blankets or cloth materials that's going to soak up all of the sound. Don't play with zippers. Don't wear lots of bangles. Don't have the aircon on. Don't have the washing machine on. Like all of that kind of stuff. It's super simple, but you don't really think about it when you go to sit down and record the episode. Kaylee's always asking me to stop, you know, drinking water bottles and clinking. (laughs) I get in trouble for that. Um, Does that make sense on sound? I think like, I think on these types of things, listeners are going to have to, like, if you're actually going to do it, then you're going to go off and do a lot of this research. But um, just quickly on hosting platforms, like what is a hosting platform and just very quickly kind of good ones, bad ones. Yeah. So what happens is when you record or set up your podcast, you have your RSS feed, which is pretty much like your base camp. I like to think of it. So Um, Your hosting platform, that is where you upload all of your episodes into and then it distributes it to Spotify, to Apple, to Amazon and what have you. So your hosting platform is pretty important because you want to make sure, number one, the analytics are good so that you can measure your attribution. You can see where people are listening. Do you know, you know, your downloads every day and your listens every day? But hosting platforms have obviously gotten quite clever recently and they 
have features such as media kits if you want to make money. They have links to websites. So if you want to link your podcast to a website that you've built, I think the the one question that I always had and I couldn't get a definitive answer was which hosting platform is the best because there is so many yeah. of them out there. I think the three main ones that pop up everywhere that I really wanted someone to tell me what the difference was between them was Anchor, Captivate and Buzzsprout. So Anchor is one, it's I'm pretty sure directly affiliated with Spotify. It's free. So if you don't want to have to pay any money, you're setting it up, you can start it on Anchor and it's a free platform. You don't have to pay for the RSS feed. You don't have to pay for the analytics. It's all there for you. However, because it's free, the analytics and the features are often limited. So you might not get as much variety or detail or opportunities as you would with other platforms. Captivate, that's what we use. It works really well for us. So it's minimum $17 USD a month for 30,000 downloads a month. Most new podcasts aren't going to reach up to 30,000 downloads per month. Their features are quite good. So it has like built-in calendar. So you can kind of schedule interview times with guests through the platform, offers a media kit for you. And then the last one is Buzzsprout. I would say it's probably the popular one. If you look it up, it's going to be one of the top ones on search. It starts at $12 a month, but for a maximum three hours of downloads. So if you're doing four episodes a month and they're each 50 minutes long, you're going to have to go up to the next tier. So it's kind of the length of your episode. They're they're all cheap, right? So I guess like they're all going to do a pretty decent job. There's no real difference, do you think, between the three? fundamentally like a little yeah and i think that's listeners can kind of i guess go through and there's probably going to be certain settings or features that tip you one way but if you go with one of those three you probably you're you're dealing with a legitimate provider and yeah absolutely and and all that kind of stuff yeah it makes sense and then in terms of okay we've recorded the episode sounds good what kind of resourcing like what what else what else are we having to do we'll get to the promotion i think is the next kind of area like how do we promote the pod but is there anything else we meaningfully need to do to kind of keep things ticking along i think the resources that have really helped us kind of stay on track and make it a really efficient process is firstly having a tracking sheet so ours kind of lists when the episodes are going to go live episode name description who the guest is what number it is like is it the 40th episode the 50th episode etc and it's also really helpful for us because we write blogs and transcripts and we have the youtube video so it's a way to track know have we done it for each of those episodes but that's pretty good it lets us see what's in the pipeline what we've published previously the other one is having your episode description template i would say so we document that it's the same episode description for every single episode does it link back to your website does it have a call to action does it have a link to any resources mentioned in the episode and then you'd obviously just change the guest's bio and the like the yeah short episode description and the last one i would say super helpful is having an email template so pretty much every email that i would send out to a guest i have a template sitting in a document that i can kind of just copy and paste and tweak if i need to yeah it saves so much time it really does it's basically telling guests this is the link you've got a little the attachment kind of is covering don't dress like this or dress like that have it be ready have the mic ready these are the just the do's and the don'ts and yeah. Um, I think we'd be happy to share that as well if anyone wanted to hit us up, email me, James L at Rocket Agency. I'm happy to send across yeah, the, the, that template. Okay, cool. And then like, how do you promote a podcast, I guess? That's what's worked for us. For me, the first point is unless the content's great, there's no point. 
Like if your content's not great, like you might get a couple of people listening to the first one and they're going to give it about three minutes and then they'll just unsubscribe. So I think you just got to make sure the content's good. I think if you're the first pod that we published was not the first pod we recorded. So we just, we did some tests and we did a couple with people I was really familiar with. Then we did some more and then we picked the very best couple and front loaded them because we just didn't want people to kind of get something that was a bit rough. I think you want to get ahead of it make sure you know what you're doing but yeah okay let's presume the content's good how do we get it out there into our into our audience i think the first one and it's kind of a big one is through email marketing i think that's really putting your pod in people's inboxes and if you're a business and you've already got a really good database of contacts that you know are your target audience and do already receive comms from you it's really great to just pop it in the inbox say hey we've started a podcast think you'll really enjoy the content episodes for this long here's the first one hope you enjoy yeah when new episodes come out sending that email saying here's the episode here's what we chatted about you can listen on these platforms and link directly to the platforms for yeah, them that's great it's been good so that's for the us. first main one yeah second one is obviously super helpful to have a web page directories are really good some you have to pay for some are organic but if someone's going to type you know for us marketing podcasts in australia into google We want Smarter Marketer to be right up there. And then the other one I would say, and obviously helps if you are doing video and there's really great video editing software out there, but your YouTube shorts, your Instagram reels, your TikTok, splicing up 30 seconds of really good content in an episode and promoting it organically or paid on social channels, that's going to get people listening. And if they see five videos and they enjoy every single one of them, chances are they're going to search for you and they're going to listen to you. Yeah, I reckon that's right. We, um, we've done a lot of work on building out a section on the website, the Rocket website for the podcast. So each pod has its own page. It has a transcript. It has a tile. It has a summary. It's quite rich content yeah. for SEO, which, which is good. I guess we also piloted with a little call to action saying if you enjoy the pod, it'd be great if you could share it with you know a friend or two that would also mm-hmm. be interested. I think that's a nice kind of way of doing it. But I do, we've played around with a bit of paid stuff. Probably hasn't really driven. Like, I think the reality is, is if the content's good and you do nice organic marketing, like we've talked about there, your audience will find it eventually, right? So I think focusing on the quality of the content rather than on how to market it, it's kind of, yeah, it's probably a little bit like. um. And I've heard some interesting ones. Like it obviously depends on your business model, but like I've had to call up HCF before and when they put you on hold, they say, by the way, we have a podcast it's on this and i was like oh that's actually really interesting and a clever way to market it like i Mm. wouldn't have thought to do something like that so obviously depends on the type of business you are but there's some clever ways that you can kind of integrate it in just using those owned kind of channels right is a just a sensible starting point we've got some rapid fire questions here yeah so how much time would you say that you invest in setting up for each episode if you presume you've got everything set up right so you've got your like we had someone come out here to my house and help set the mic up and the road up let's pretend you've got your style guide you've already got the the name of the pod and all those types of things you've done a couple of them not as much as i probably should in honesty like and i also have you who saves it <laughs> saves me every time <laughs> you put together a nice little kind of cheat sheet of the episode you put a bio in for the guest you put some questions in i reckon i would spend an hour before the before our pod so maybe not not necessarily straight before it but i'll get that cheat sheet I'll then rework the bio because I, I just feel I need to have it my tone, do some research on the person. Some, some of them I know well, some of them I don't. Then I'll do some research on the topic, do Googling, read some white papers, 
I'll use ChatGPT and Bard, just kind of saying, hey, I'm doing a podcast yeah. on this topic. What are some questions I should ask? If it's a topic I don't know heaps about, I might speak to a member of our team just to get a little bit kind of Rocket's perspective on it. But I reckon mm-hmm. probably an hour and then each pod, we have an hour blocked out for it. Yeah. And with that hour, maybe it might be five, 10 minutes chatting with the guests beforehand. Get it. So often they're nervous, try to get them a little bit less nervous. Sometimes you rip straight in. Sometimes you talk a little bit about the direction, but I find that... Mm-hmm can be quite damaging because often some of the great stuff comes out beforehand. So try to not to talk about it too much. Um, and generally we wouldn't run over that hour mark. I've had some that probably run 10 minutes over, but and then, yeah. then you edit it and it comes out at probably, you know, 30 to 50 minutes. But And I spend a little bit of time chasing guests that you help me with as well. But if, yeah. I've, if I've got the relationship or if I feel it's someone where they need that, you know, more one-to-one reach out, then I'll kind of do that. So I guess from your perspective, how much time are you spending? I feel like beforehand it's not that long because I think you do a lot of prep for the content of the episode. Like I'll jump on LinkedIn, find some of the places they worked or things that they've done and pop that in. I probably spend 20 minutes beforehand. It's the afterwards for me because I edit the episodes and then to set up on the hosting platform and then do the transcripts and write the blog articles. For me, afterwards is the heavy chunk, maybe about, I'd say maybe five hours per episode. Mm. And that's, I guess, in, yeah, including getting it on the Rocket website. Is that the transcript as well? Yeah. Work manipulating that and, yeah. So yeah. It's an, and I think that's the thing, right? I think if you're going to do this, don't come into it thinking that it's 30 minutes every second week. And so we're yeah. spending probably a day of company time per yeah. episode, right? Yeah. Like if the episode is 40 minutes in length from the original recording, I'm looking at over double that to edit it. Because mm. all the mistakes I make. well it depends on how much you want to edit it but i just take out the ums and the gaps and stuff like that so it takes time there's never any ums is there no never i'm a a, a chronic (laughs) ummer um okay in terms we've got some stats here which i think are interesting i i would have said apple Podcasts was bigger than spotify but it's not so spotify 33 percent apple 21 abc listen 16 google pod 15 audible 10 i think in america spotify does have the lion's share there as well Apple might have a more engaged audience. That was the an article I was yes. reading. I can't remember if it was downloads or listens, but it, people on Apple do listen a little bit more. But fundamentally, yeah. you need to get your odd into those places. When you're looking at how to maximize reach, are there like things you're trying to include in the episode description, the best day of week to release an episode? Does length mm-hmm. make any difference? Maybe those. I think the episode description, number one, you want your keywords in there. When people are doing a Google search, so you want your episode to pop up. But you also want it to genuinely be saying to listeners, here's a problem you're facing. We're going to answer it in this episode, Mm. as it is with all marketing. Like, here's your problem. We're going to offer you the solution. So how can you structure your episode description around that? Rhetorical questions are really good. I always like having those in there. Mm. And then, like I mentioned earlier, link back to your website, any resources you talk about, link it in. That's what you want. And if you want to get leads and if you want to get people having a discussion with your brand, you do need those links in there so Mm. that they can find you quite easily. I think in terms of the best day of the week or time to post, depends on your audience, but if they're going to be listening to it on their commute to work, you want to publish it early in the morning so that they can do that either on their way or on their way home. So we used to publish it at 10 a.m. And we'd probably get like, you know, a decent number of listens that first day. And then a few weeks ago, I changed it to publish at 7 a.m. And the amount of listens doubled because people were listening to it on their way to work. And I think there is... Because there's two different ways of listening to a pod, right? There's the one where you kind of go in, you're like, I want to listen to a pod, you refresh your feed, what's recent, jump in there and listen. 
And then there's the long tail where it feels that listeners, I think we all do this to, to varying degrees, where listeners all kind of just go down a rabbit warren of a particular pod, subject matter, topic for a period of time. Then they'll kind of come mm-hmm. out after that week or two weeks and then kind of go back to their normal behavior. Every single episode we've published has now been listened to more outside of the month of publishing than in it, which I yes. think is a really, if, sorry, except for the, the last month's one, which I find really interesting. So there is this huge long tail on this content. And I suspect yeah. that content that we published a year ago in three years' time will have generated, you know, two, 300% more than it has now. And just keeping that in mind for your listeners as well. Your listeners aren't necessarily yeah. sitting there refreshing and going, I'm going to restrict myself to the, the last three pods in my feed. But they'll scroll through, mm-hmm. they'll click through, they'll, they won't listen to most of your episodes. Like There'll be lots of marketers that have no interest in this topic. Let's hope that yeah. there's someone out there listening to the, the 50th <laughs> minute of a pod about how to, how, to, how to build a podcast. But And there'll be certain marketers who are like, that's really timely. That's exactly what I'm interested in. And there'll be others that have no interest in this topic now. And then maybe in a year's time when their boss is like, hey, should we start a podcast? But hey, I think maybe the guys did a pot on that and jump back and listen yeah. to it. So it's 2023. Let us know if it's 2024 or 2025 <laughs> and you're listening to this pod. Or 2030. Or 2030. You can so, be so ambitious. Send us an email. We'll, we'll uh, see the latest person to, to send it, get something. I don't know what. So I guess in summary, Kaylee, in, in wrapping up, should you do it? Should you start a pod? I mean, I think that they're really great. I think they're super engaging, but only if it's quality content. Like don't just spend lots of time and share content that people just aren't going to take anything from or aren't going to enjoy or aren't going to listen to. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you have to do it for the people that are listening, not for yourself. Great answer. And then I think we should ask this of each of us. What would you do differently? I think I spent a lot of time on very meticulous details at the beginning. Like I was sending out surveys to guests before they would come on and it was just a waste of time. People don't have time to do it. Yeah, working out what actually had to be done and what was just the fluffy stuff that was just a time waster. Mm. What about you? I think for me, it's probably the format stuff where, and we will keep making changes. And I think we've like we've already introduced, which I really like. We've now introduced a kind of a quick snippet of something interesting that's been said is now dropped in at the beginning of episodes, which I think mm. is a really because I think it is hard. I think a lot of the pods start off maybe a little bit dull. There's a bit like you haven't necessarily got the back and forth going between the guest and the interviewer. And it takes the conversation time to warm up. So I think dropping a snippet in, I think I was too focused on the guest and kind of the topic and just question, 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 rather than actually making it a a discourse or a discussion kind of going back and forth. So I think just playing around with that more, like what's the theme, the topic, the information that is going to be really valuable for the listener. And I think there's lots of different ways of then kind of getting getting to that point. Nice one. Well, hopefully there's people have gained something out of that out there, out there. And um, yeah, feel free to reach out to us if you're kind of thinking of starting a pod and you've got mm-hmm. some questions or concerns or how did you guys do it? Sort of be really happy to share share our experience in that. Yeah, absolutely. Nice one. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.